This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Well, this is Jessie Farage coming to you live on the Morning Break Show. We're going to be talking all about the ups and downs of teaching while parenting. Hope you enjoy it. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Well, hi. I am so excited. My first show for Teacher Talk Radio. I hope um, I hope you can hear me. Um, just really looking forward to this today. I was getting ready this morning and mentioned to my 11-year-old that I was really nervous and her words of wisdom were, oh, that's good. You can hear me loud and clear. That's good. Thank you. Um, yeah, her words of wisdom to me this morning were, don't worry, it's like talking to yourself and you do that all the time. So that was my little pep talk. I'm feeling great now. <laughs> um, we've got a great guest um, with us today. So we've got Gemma, who's going to be giving us a little insight into the balance of being a teacher and also having a family. And, you know, there's lots to talk about. There's been lots going on in the in the news about the retention of school staff and particularly after um, parental leave. So I'm going to let Gemma um, introduce herself. Hopefully she's here. Hi. Can you hear me Hi Gemma, oh great we can hear you. If you just tell us a little bit about yourself yes, and then we'll get started. Yeah, so I'm one of the 27% of leavers that are from the demographic of women who stepped away from teaching between the ages of 30 and 39. So that's the biggest group after retirees. Um, as well as caring for my two young children, I work as an English tutor, um, a link tutor for IT, an ITT provider. Um, I'm a PA for an education CPD provider and I'm studying for an MA in education coaching and mentoring and about to start a practical coaching qualification. So I've got a long list of things. Um, That's huge. (laughs) When do you sleep? (laughs) I know. It was only recently I stopped saying that I'm just, when people said, what what are you doing? I'm oh, I'm not at work. Um, So I've started only recently saying I'm a freelance educator, actually. So yeah. I'm here just to share my experience and just to add to the voices of those that are trying to find out why this demographic is so significant, so large. Oh, that is thank you. It's so many things, so many things you've got going on. Oh. <laughs> and it is that's what we're going to talk about today, just how how can we manage um so much as well as looking after um our little ones as well. And I think it's just a really topical issue at the moment. Um and I just want to start really on a positive because there are so many positives. Yeah. Um, and I thought it'd be nice if we thought about maybe one positive um, of teaching before and one positive of teaching after having children. Yeah, I think it's probably like the cheesy um, response, but <laughs> I think like whatever you're doing for a living, like it has to be meaningful. Um, and my husband's yeah. a teacher as well. So sometimes we sit at home and we're like, how do people go into work that are just like making money for somebody else? Like, how do they like motivate themselves to go and yeah. do that? Um, so teaching obviously gives you a real sense of purpose and it, it makes you feel like you're making a difference. And all the really small differences that you make just really add up and they are really meaningful. Um, so that's, exactly. that's the positive for me. 
definitely it is it's all about those little faces when you go into the classroom and seeing all that progress isn't it by the end by the end of the year it just makes such a difference and that's why I think it's such a shame these figures where you see um you know so many women and parents leaving um leaving teaching after having a baby there must be a way that we could make this work yeah, <laughs> what about absolutely. just just as a starter um can you can you just think of any of the challenges um when you're coming yeah. back into teaching I think there are so many and they're different for different people but for me the the start time was a real challenge because my school started at seven twenty five a.m but they had their registration in the after sort of like 11 o'clock I think it was I'm trying to remember um, yeah. so you're standing in front of a group of teenagers at 8 25 a.m and you're yeah. you'll have you have to be present and coherent at that time and then you think <laughs> about what goes on in the background like the bit before that when exactly. you have to not only get yourself ready and look presentable but also you're trying to get the whole household um ready to leave and even when there's two of you it's still tough to to be just ready for that that 8.25am. Definitely, you feel like you've already done a day's work, don't you, before you even get to the door. <laughs> um, that sort of appeared when I arrived, so it wasn't even that I could prep it the night before, it was like you arrive at work and then something comes up that you, like a supply teacher or a staff absence that you have to do photocopying for and prepare for, yeah. and you just feel a bit like you're on the back foot. My, my um, daughter's nursery didn't open until 7 30 so we were there was me and another one of my colleagues who was actually a member of slt who were just there right on like at like <laughs> 7 29 just like ready um, and then like the, the children's illnesses was was a tough one at times it feels like they were ill a lot more than they probably were but i remember like chicken pox yeah. was a tough one because i noticed that at about 10 past seven in the morning when i had intended to be the one to go into work early and and my husband was going to dropped my daughter off but um she woke up just as I was about to leave I had my shoes on I had everything on and when I she had a fever and when I checked her she had chicken pox so things that you have to try and manage and you you have to try and negotiate like who's going to take the day off what have you got today um I've got a meeting I've got a parents evening I've got year 11 double period one so I can't take the day off so it's just yeah I think it's it can be a little bit hectic and and when you're actually there you just don't have a minute you don't have any quiet time to be tired to be grumpy yeah like, you have to be present like you can't just hide in the corner and just do your work quietly in that exactly corner. yeah yeah you're right well I was just having the same situation this morning actually just as <laughs> just as I was getting set up to come on here we had a phone call from the nursery saying our um our little boy wasn't very well so somebody needed to go and get him and you just think it is it's that juggle isn't it it's who who can do yeah. it you know it does make a huge difference absolutely the unexpected <laughs> it is it's those unexpected things and if you've you know if you've left something to be done in the morning I remember I was thinking about before having children and how I would you know turn up in the morning be really early have my coffee set do my you know I could leave my photocopy until the morning and yeah, you know <laughs> a whole, whole different feel altogether. um yeah it's just a complete change so yeah you're right this there are so many challenges to think about and I was just thinking if there was any kind of advice you would give maybe to a teacher who was approaching um the end of maternity leave and wanting to you know return to work what what kind of advice you might give or any any tips or 
Yeah, so I didn't return to work flexibly. So it's not from personal experience, but what I've learned from um, volunteering through the MTPT project um, is, first of all, speak to other people about their experience because there is just this community of people, not just in the MTPT project, but just online, on Twitter, Women's Ed, Flex Teacher Talent, all these different um, places where people are posting blogs, people are just generally sharing their experiences and there's this community where people do want to help so if you sort of come across a blog and you think oh that sounds like my role that that resonates with me like get in touch with the person who wrote it because people are so keen and happy and willing to speak to um, other women um, and lift each other up really and the other thing is when I was like I did consider going back part-time and one of the things that I thought of because I had um, a TLR it was just a, a sort of a, an assumption that would, that would be, well, I wouldn't be able to keep that TLR. And I've sort of since found out. I think that is an assumption that people um, think of. And, and it's not definitely an assumption because people have actually had to relinquish their TLRs to negotiate that, that flexible working. Um, but there are people out there that are doing TLRs, even up to leadership, even up to headship um, well, but I- with responsibilities. Yeah, well, I, I was just, to be honest, I was shocked by that. Um, because even talking to, you know, friends and talking about, you know, going back to work and things, because I'm, I'm on maternity at the moment and getting ready to yeah. go back into work. Um, and you do just assume that you can't do that TLR part-time. Yeah. You know, you can't, it's not possible without even, you know, approaching it with the school, really. You just yeah. assume, yeah, it's not an option. So yeah, it's good to, good to know that, yeah, that can be done. And I think it is becoming more... You can see it more now on adverts for schools. Certain schools are yeah. saying, you know, this is available for flexible working. Yeah, which, which is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think there's a, the other thing about it when you're going in for um, thinking about going part time with a TLR. There are other things to be really careful of because there was a there was a poll on Twitter. I think it was only last month, and it said that 54% of the people that are doing some kind of role um, beyond uh, just the classroom teacher role they were doing the whole role part-time so they were doing the, the whole thing but they, their hours were part-time and so they weren't they were doing it full-time but maybe not getting the whole pay because it was still pro rata um, or so so there was all, like fewer than half were either having their role reduced to match their their days or one part of that responsibility could be given to somebody else on the days that you're not working yeah or like we're actually being still paid the full role because they were doing the full role so that's something really to think about and consider how that might be negotiated with your school and, and discussed and before you already get into it and then think oh hang on a minute I'm doing yeah. thing and I'm not being paid or I'm doing you know well that that is a conversation that I've had with a lot of a lot of you know friends talking about going part-time is the fact that you do end up kind of doing the full role just in part-time hours or using the extra hours that you have at home to kind of do your marking or (laughs) you know catch up on the things that you can't do during during the day because you're fitting so much into those part-time hours but then I suppose it's quite a difficult conversation to have unless you've done your homework when you're going in to ask, to, to ask about having part-time or flexible working. Yeah. It's, what would you say? Any tips on that? Or I think, again, think? it's about, like, arming yourself with other people that have done it because then if, if the school might not be as experienced in secondary, maybe it has sort of fewer part-time 
people doing those roles um, and if your school just hasn't done it before or the leadership's unsure about how it will work talking to other people and saying look at this particular case where this person does it like this and their school yeah. supports it in this way um, might help with that negotiation because you know if it's new to the school and it's new to that leadership team then it might be easier for them to say oh well, I don't really know how that would work so no we don't usually do it that way so you know we're not going to do it that way so yeah yeah helping yourself with those experiences yeah that's a really good idea because at least you know then you've got your armed with something you don't just take the first you know the first answer if it's a no straight away yeah. at least you've got something to come back with you feel like yeah, you're a little absolutely. bit more yeah oh thank you for that that's fab well I was just because obviously I've been looking into this now getting closer yeah. to going back to work and thinking about um how what you know what that's going to look like and there were there was some research done by education support and they were looking at eight positive you know benefits of flexible working um and I thought maybe if I just kind of went through those and you kind of say whether you agree with those um yeah. so we've got the first one is the retention of skilled and experienced staff so you know higher retention if you're looking at providing those flexible working patterns yeah. what do you think about that do you think do you agree with that or? yeah I think um obviously there's so much going on at the moment there's so many different reasons why people are leaving and and the MTPT project have done re their own research to try and find out you know why that group between 30 and 39 and 39 leave um and not everybody in that group leaves because of maternity issues or because of motherhood or, or reasons that link with that. But there's about 50% that give a reason for leaving that is connected to motherhood, whether it's um, lack of flexibility, whether it's just family commitments in general or childcare logistics or things like, yeah, I can't drop off my child at school because the nursery doesn't open in time or, or I can't, you know, the, the, the school doesn't provide that wraparound um, and there are things that could be adapted, really basic, like really simple things, like just having a few days a week where, um, you know, your PPA is on the morning, so you're making up that time at a different time of day and, and you're able to do yeah. that drop-off. That might make such a huge difference to somebody's life, to how much money they're, they're dishing out, because obviously the financial element comes in when we're thinking about um, childcare and wraparound care. Yeah. So there are things that, that could be such a small change that would make a big difference to somebody's financial income um yeah so I think it would make a difference to to some yeah absolutely yeah I think teachers want to teach don't they they want to be in the classroom and I think it's just a shame that you know these kind of things that like you said a slight adapt a slight little adaptation to the day could make a huge huge difference and I think it's just that mindset isn't it like changing the way of thinking and not doing things the way it's always been done yeah um so we've got now the second one is um so a better and and more experience for pupils so I think they're going down the lines of the fact that maybe if you're working part-time and you've got one teacher that may teach one way half the week and then a teacher who teaches a different way another half the week you're getting a more like you know a plethora of experiences um what do you th what do you think about that because I think that's one yeah. that can be seen in a positive and a negative way I suppose yeah I think when you're having things like shared classes it can be um, logistically difficult I've done like middle leadership uh, MPQML so I've done the training on how <laughs> the timetable works and I can see how that is a tough job for whoever's doing yeah. it so I can see why initially that might be something that you shy away from 
Um, but no, I do think that, you know, like, and also for the teachers, because you're working with another teacher and, mm. you know, sharing resources and, and, and team teaching and things like that. Um, so I think it, it can, yeah, it can absolutely add rather than re- like take away from the experience of students, definitely. Do you think there should be more time um, sort of put aside for that? Because I think sometimes you, you, you can take a part-time role and you're put to work with somebody, but it's quite a different way of working. And I think you just expect it to just get in and get on with it. And, you know, do you think more time could be put into training for that? Like, you know, what would that look like? How, how are you going to fit your planning in? How are you going to, you know, sort out which subjects you teach? I'm thinking of a primary classroom so you're teaching everything are you is one person teaching maths is one person teaching literacy is one person you know I don't think maybe enough time is put into the planning for that yeah well the NFER um in their recent uh, research recommended that content on how to develop that approach to flex work is included in leadership training so in the MPQs and I think it's really important because if it is easy to sort of shy away from on uh, having flexible um, workers in your school and, and having too many and thinking, oh, how am I going to manage that? But if it's part of the training and, yeah. um, uh, you know, the, the, the logistics are sorted out, then cause I think, you know, head teachers and, and leaders don't want to just say, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we don't value you like they really do. But I think they're thinking about the logistics and I can really understand that. So that putting that in the training would really help to put, you know give ways in which schools can can do that yeah I didn't realize they were putting that as part of the training that that makes sense doesn't it because that is it's difficult it's a completely different way of working and especially if you're not seeing the other person that you're working with you know if you're doing two days and they're doing three and you don't actually see them it's a completely different way of working so yeah Yeah, I didn't realize it's such a strange thing to do wouldn't it like that you have like this other person that's you on a different day (laughs) you never see them exactly (laughs) asking the children what did they do (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. so I think putting that as part of the trick because I've always thought it's just you just expected to um you know figure out how to work it and it and it works so differently with different people maybe a bit of training around that would be amazing there are people that can can deliver that training because there's people um there's, there's there's people looking into it mtpt project flexible teacher talent they're all sort of looking at ways in which to do this and and trying to get that information out there and and to schools so there's definitely people that can provide that training that can inform that training so it just needs to be yeah it needs to be put in there yeah so it is it's about doing a little bit of homework isn't it before before you go to school so you could say you know don't say no we've got I've got I've got all this information we can do this (laughs) yeah absolutely um, and I, the next one then they said is about um, reduced sickness and absence. So I don't know how you feel about that. Do you think that has yeah, an impact? I mean, for everybody, it is a nightmare trying to get a doctor's appointment. And it is a nightmare trying to get a hospital appointment if you need one, uh, a dentist appointment, all of that stuff. And, and you ring the doctors, don't you? And they say, oh, um, yeah, we've got an appointment. It's at like, you know, 11.15 a.m. on Tuesday. And you say, well, exactly. I, I, can't, I can't get that. And you, and you say, yeah. how, how do I get one like how, how can I just you know get one today because I'm off today because my child's yeah. ill or whatever how can I get one today oh yeah you've got you've got to ring at, at 8 eight thirty. so you, you can't even ring the doctors if you're in school to try and yeah. get that, that appointment in the, in the actual same day so yeah I think it would be 
helpful because then it, you've got more days when you can arrange those hospital appointments and those things and you can try and arrange them actually around and I think sometimes the reason that people want flexible working is because they want to be able to take their child for a hospital appointment or an opticians or you yeah know, the, the braces orthodontist all these things um that yeah not really considered that are really difficult and I suppose if it's a flexible thing where you know I don't know you start you start late one morning or you know then that would help with you know reducing those absences and getting people back into work if it's if it's Absolutely. kind of a little bit more flexible like you said those those appointments that you do miss and that 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 guilt that you have that you're missing out on certain things at least every now and again you get to do that yeah and like you just hope that the children fall ill on the days that you're already off yes is that possible to arrange yeah i think they might you know it was one of the main reasons that i just sort of said you know like logistically like because you feel so guilty and because i had my second child in 2020 it was september 2020 and um it was around that time like when when it first started the nursery said if your child has a fever you need to keep them off for seven days like and so obviously my child had a fever in that very first week <laughs> every seven <And> days <laughs> I was like what am I gonna do and then the on the it was on the Monday I rang off and I was like I, I can't take them to nursery she's got a fever and then on the Tuesday they closed all of the schools so in a way I was like oh phew I don't feel as guilty now because everyone is off not, yeah. just, not just me but it it was you know like how could how can we manage this if if any fever because they get them all the time for no reason yeah. sometimes like they're happy as Larry and then they're they're, they're baking hot um, yeah so how can we we manage that um and it was easier to just say you know what like that's another thing that's going to contribute to me just let's just not go back for a bit and see what happens yeah yeah so so yeah reduce sickness and absence so that, I think that would go yeah. if you're if you're going to senior leaders with some reasons these sound quite good don't they <laughs> yeah absolutely and then we got the school and the students and everything not just you not just like oh well it's better for me to do it this way it has to benefit everybody exactly be a way of working for ev- everyone yeah what about improving well-being um you know that work-life balance and morale I think what do you think about that? Yeah, because so out of the um, the, the that group that that thirty to thirty nine, um, that in the top five reasons why people chose to to leave teaching, uh, well being was fifty percent of the the respondents. So it was wow. workload was the first lifestyle choice, and then fifty percent of people said well being. So people ticked more than one thing on on the questionnaire. Well being was one of them, and and it could have been that well being was also ticked with other things that are to do with with motherhood and and, and that as well so yeah it's it's a very emotionally draining job like I worked in a really challenging school and and that sort of adds to it as well but like you're you're just full on for the whole day and you might have incidents of behavior and stuff like that and you're holding it like your professional self together and then yeah you leave that job and you go home and you pick up your child and then your child's crying because like I was still breastfeeding when I first went back to work so your, your child just immediately wants to be breastfed and they've missed yep. you all day so they want your undivided attention and so when do you get just a minute <laughs> just yeah. a bit of personal space um, <laughs> yeah. and you like you the last thing you want to be feeling is like I can't wait for my 
kids to go to bed. I can't wait for bedtime. Cause exactly. Yeah. That's not a nice feeling. Like you, and then you just fall asleep. I think I'm going to go to bed at that time after they've gone to bed. I was like, right, I'm going to bed. See ya. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. It's like it's one of the things, isn't it? And it's but that it, that's one of the things for everybody. Because when I left teaching, I, I initially went on those Facebook groups that are. The people leaving and just to see what other things were out there and it was so full of people that were just broken and burnt out and all of that and, and that wasn't necessarily to do with motherhood or parenthood yeah. that was just in general and I had to leave it in the end because I was like oh, this is making me feel really negative I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it it isn't giving me like ideas at all it's just like looking at other people that are just really struggling so I just left those groups <laughs> but, but I like there, those people are there but I like what you said that like, it is it is an emotionally draining job isn't it you need yeah. that you need some time to just gather your thoughts and get yourself together and like you said it's not just parents it's the profession as a whole you need that that time and I wonder whether there are other ways that well-being could be any any things that you've come across for sort of well-being for parents or just for teachers in general yeah. just to, I'm to help with them back to Yeah, I'm doing my research for my MA on sort of things that are linked to wellbeing, but I'm doing it just for that first year of teaching because why are people leaving their ITT year because yeah. of wellbeing? Like already, like it's the first year. They're supposed to be like full of beads and, and full of energy <laughs> and, and like that, you know, people are leaving for that reason. So I'm doing it based on that and, and talking about how mentoring can sort of develop that resilience. Um, but, but through the relational elements of it because for me like my well-being was sort of held together by the other members of staff at the school because yeah. what happens when as soon as I got pregnant actually um it's like you know that Homer Simpson meme where he's going into the hedge well it's people coming out of the hedge they just come out the hedge and they're like hello when it's people that you don't you know from other subject areas that you might not have really spoken to much before that are asking you about your pregnancy and things and all of a sudden like this support network just appears and yeah. they just sort of keep everything going. Uh, one particular thing that I remember just going back um, quite early from, from when I returned, um, that we have one-to-one tutors at our school. So mostly they are either retiree, sort of semi-retired people, or, or a lot of them are people that are teachers who have left to do something that's more flexible. So they're doing the one-to-one role, which is you kind of arrive at the beginning of the day, you do your hours and then you go sort of thing yeah and they they were a real like support network for me because they're the ones that are looking at you going yeah I left for that reason like you're you're crazy what what you know like I can see why you're, you're stressed kind of thing and I remember just being really tired once and just at the end of the day like my little girl hadn't slept properly through the night and I was so exhausted and I was just sort of venting a little bit and I was like I'm tired I probably <laughs> looked really tired and like they were listening but I wasn't kind of expecting that I was being seen necessarily I just yes. like saying the words but then the next morning I came in and I sat down at my desk ready for another day like after <laughs> a crazy morning and there was just like a bag of M&Ms on my desk with a little note like, just of encouragement. And I was, it didn't say even who it was from. So I found out it was from one of the, the one to one shoes. And it was one of the ones that I didn't really know that well because she was quite new. So I was just like, oh, that's so nice. Like, because I realised that it wasn't just that I was saying it and I felt better because of saying it, but I was actually being heard and, and people were yeah. listening. And, and they're just there. They're coming out of the hedge and going, you tired? I got cake. <laughs> yeah. 
you know like they're just there like hearing and seeing you and I think that makes a big difference oh definitely definitely I think when I came back after my first maternity that was what helped me just the team it was just my school had such a good team and we actually you know got together at lunchtime I think sometimes the day is so busy you don't get a chance to like stop and take a minute or speak to anyone and then it became quite a big thing that everybody would come to the staff room at some point and just you know say hi have a chat and just like you said feel listened to because I think you end up kind of like ships in the night don't you just passing each other um so yeah that relational aspect is so important but then I suppose that comes at a price of you know if you were going to spend your lunchtime marking so you could leave yeah it's that balance isn't it yeah because that's the difficulty sometimes as well is picking between like socializing at lunchtime and we only had half an hour anyway so it wasn't really that long by the time you've like got some kids out of the corridor because we had to (laughs) for your lesson and stuff like that but but exactly yeah you can sort of hide away but I sometimes think if you're that teacher that's not um like mingling with the other teachers the the students notice and it actually makes it really more difficult with behavior management and things because like the, t- the 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 students think that you're like that nobody likes you or something because you're doing <laughs> on your own every day and then they say, oh, well, nobody likes that teacher so you know like why should I behave for them so I think it is important yeah definitely yeah it is it's that it's, it's that it. knock on effect it. yeah and, and like you said maybe if it's like you know adjusting that day somewhere if your school could adjust it so that you get that time to do a little bit of work so that you can release yourself for a little bit even if it's half of lunch to socialize and make sure you don't look like <laughs> you're the teacher yeah. nobody likes <laughs> I know. we shouldn't we shouldn't even be really discussing whether we should be working through lunch because we shouldn't be working through lunch but but I can see why and I'm, I know some some teachers that did to try and get away earlier and you can see why that is but yeah I think the gains that you get from just having those professional conversations, venting, eating the biscuits that everybody's brought in, doing yeah. all those things, like the, the 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 benefits that you get from that far outweigh the extra bit of work that you might get done in those fifteen minutes. And you could even do it together. So you can have a marking party if you want. You can get yeah. the, the others. You know, sometimes I would do that. I would just take my books into my neighbour's room, and me and him would just mark together, and we weren't saying anything, but it's just another person. Um, exactly so that you're not on your own yeah well I think I'll just take a quick break there and we'll have the news quickly and then um I was thinking we could do a little quick fire round um uh, would you rather kind of game and see if you uh, have got any answers for us (laughs) (laughs) okay right we'll just uh head on into the news this show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. During his visit to Northern Ireland, US President Joe Biden suggested in a speech at Ulster University that students are increasingly persuaded to stay at home rather than seek careers abroad. 
The speech reported in the Belfast Telegraph refers to young people, instead of fleeing for opportunities elsewhere, can see their futures and careers for themselves that speak to unlimited possibilities here. However, the article goes on to feature comments from Anne Watt, Director of Political Research Group Pivotal, who says that whilst she welcomed the positive nature of the comments, Northern Ireland still has a long way to go before the battle to keep the most promising students can be won. She went on to say there is evidence in her organisation's research that significant economic migration could be worsening, not improving. The problem of young people leaving Northern Ireland to study elsewhere and not returning has been around for years, and many seem to see the President's words as aspirational rather than accurate. Ms Watts also raised the point that as students leave Northern Ireland, other students from the UK and further afield are not coming in the same numbers. The country, therefore, cannot retain or regain talent, and political instability has not helped matters. In order for Northern Ireland to meet the aspirations raised in Biden's speech, talent needs to stay at home. The Daily Mirror reports on figures released by the Department for Education, which show more than 140,000 schoolchildren were severely absent in the summer of 2022. The paper refers to these young people as ghost children and raises concerns that this pattern is continuing in the current academic year. The Department for Education says the term severely absent refers to children of school age who are not receiving a suitable education either with a teacher or homeschooling. They are usually those with attendance below 50%. The reasons for being away from school include anxiety, mental health, special educational needs and disabilities, but concerns arise around young people who are likely extremely vulnerable. Last year, the Children's Commissioner also released a report focusing on school attendance, but according to DfE figures, attendance to schools across England has largely failed to recover to pre-pandemic levels. Latest figures released by the DfE has persistent absence at 22.4%. These are pupils with below 90% attendance, although this is suggested as being a result of illness towards the end of the autumn term. According to FE Week, the Department for Education has launched a £1 million contract for an organisation to drive new T-level employment placements. The documents explain that the DfE is seeking a potential supplier to engage with employers to develop their knowledge and understanding of T-levels, as well as helping them to plan and prepare to deliver high-quality industry placements. T-level courses were first launched in 2020 and feature a mandatory placement with an employer totalling 45 days or 315 hours. There are now 16 T-levels available with another two due to launch this September. As the provision of the qualifications has grown, so has the need for placements. The DfE has offered financial support to employers offering placements, but uptake has not been high, as employers cite red tape and cost pressures as reasons the courses are unattractive. Finally, as the row over teacher pay and conditions as well as concern over recruitment continues, the Evening Standard featured a report on Londoners turning their back on teaching and flocking to better paid jobs in the city. A combination of the availability of better paid jobs and the high cost of living in the capital is putting Londoners off teaching, according to school leaders. Whilst a DfE spokesperson spoke about the bursaries and scholarships on offer for those training in key subjects such as maths, physics and computing, many took to social media to highlight the issues facing teachers in the capital. 
such as the difficulty in buying or renting property, when the average teacher salary in inner London is £47,000, but the average property price is over £600,000. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, this week I'm going to talk about hidden spy cameras. Do you know who is filming you? Modern cameras can be as small as a pinhead and embedded in things like pens, buttons, and while researching this, I even found one built into the centre of a crosshead screw. Online shopping sites blatantly sell spying devices such as smoke alarms with built-in spy cameras. There have been high-profile cases in the media of people misusing spy cameras, but as I investigated further, one statistic stood out. 11% of people that use Airbnb reported finding hidden cameras. As I continue to dig around for a UK statistic, the figure dropped to 10%. That's 1 in 10 people. Now, obviously, this is not solely limited to Airbnb. They just seem to be the company that has the most media coverage. So, for those of you that are concerned, my next investigation was how to detect a hidden camera. Here are the top pieces of advice I've found. You can buy devices that are designed to detect cameras. They start at about £40 and utilise most of the other methods I'm about to talk about. You can buy an app for your phone. If worried, don't buy it before you go. Some apps have a free trial period. Use that to scan the areas you're concerned with. Visual checks. Look for items that seem out of place. A clock pointing at the bed. A random USB dongle in a wall socket. Shine your phone torch at suspected items. Camera lenses will light up, helping you identify them. In the dark, a lot of cameras will use infrared to continue to get pictures. This can be seen via your phone camera. Look through your phone around the room in the dark and watch for suspicious dots of light. Please remember, if we turn this statistic around, 9 out of 10 places are not covertly trying to film you, and that statistic was good enough for very popular cat food in the past. As always, if you have a tech question, why not send it to at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. We're back. Um, I thought we'd start. Sorry, I'm just making sure Gemma can, can say something. Um, can you hear me, Gemma? Oh, fab. Okay, yeah, I just thought we'd have a quick game of um, Would You Rather. It's my primary teacher coming out. I thought I couldn't talk for the whole time. We've got to play a game. Um, so just your quick answer, I suppose, of what you'd rather. So first one, um, would you rather start early or finish early? Uh, I think, like, do you mean start late or finish late? I was confused by the question. Um, my AirPods fell off. Sorry, start late or finish early, <laughs> not start early. That's so hard, isn't it? That's not I fair. Start late, start late, maybe. Start late. Not okay, more, sorry. Yeah, no, don't start early and fin- uh. yeah. I was like, you're trying to trick me. No, <laughs> I don't that was a test. That was a test. We'll do a real one now. <laughs> Would you rather free coffee or free lunch every day? Oh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big coffee drinker. Maybe free lunch. Free lunch. Okay. I have to do a duty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it depends what it is. You've got to check the menu beforehand, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, what about no duties or no form class? Because I know you're high school. Oh, uh, no duties, I think. It's just cold sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, parents seen in online or in person? Um, 
I think in person that might be a controversial one but I like to see them yeah I think in person I think because they started doing those ones where it's just a five minute block isn't it and then it cuts off and goes to the next person I just think I I couldn't be good yeah it'd be good to have the option for parents that they can choose but I think yeah offering offering in person would be nice yeah and I don't think I could fit everything into five minutes you'd feel really rushed wouldn't you (laughs) yeah I don't shut up I'm terrible (laughs) Uh, what about free childcare or part-time hours oh that's a good one probably free childcare maybe yeah that, that seems to be financially better doesn't it <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> what about whole school well-being day or individual time oh individual time definitely because sometimes the whole school day can be yeah individual time oh, yeah, anything mean, like, you... whole school, like a day off do you mean by whole school well-being day or yeah whatever. somebody comes in and does yoga or something oh gosh <laughs> yeah. no a whole yeah, I think um, individual time might be nice because like one day at a random time, like we get those one, you know, we get those one weeks and we get those two weeks like at random yeah. time. So I think, yeah, individual. it'd be nice. I remember our, our school started doing, you could have, you know, like a, a Christmas shopping day. Yeah. And that was, did that. Oh, it just made, it just made such a difference just having that time. Yeah. Um, what about uh, writing reports or longer face-to-face parents' evenings? Um, probably longer face-to-face. We didn't actually write reports, like written reports at my old school. So, yeah. Oh, didn't you? We had like the, the grades and the, like, um, like uh, the, what do you call it? Like if they're doing well, just effort-wise, yeah, effort grades. And stuff. Oh, and no writing of the report? No writing of the report. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, what about a bring your child to work day or bring your mum to school day? So you go into school with your child or your child come into work with you. I don't know if any of them are... <laughs> neither. Oh, God, I can't bring my mum in. She's a nightmare. No. Um, <laughs> neither. Neither. <laughs> okay. Well, that was would you rather. I think, um, yeah, I think... I'd have to go for for neither with that as well. Can you imagine your child running around as well as as well as all the others? <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Do you know what? my kids are really like? They can sit like quietly and do something, but they'd just be like, "Can I have a biscuit?" But they'd wait until I started talking, or they'd wait till, till a really important moment, and then they'd ask the thing. Yeah, and I think your children never actually listen to you, do they? I don't think. I think that's. <laughs> I think it would set all the other children off. <laughs> yeah, and teenagers as well. They would be far too interested in like little kids being in the school and like, oh look, they're here. And I think no, we're doing my. Best. It might it might keep them quiet though. <laughs> you might have an easier lesson. They could just teach my children. <laughs> Big. So I was thinking about. I was talking about this earlier. Just this big source of anxiety for me about going back to work is the the morning chaos and I know we touched on this earlier um and I just think about you know getting into getting into school before children was just so much calmer and you know I really looked forward to that time in the morning where I would set everything out get your resources ready you know have a coffee calm down you know and that doesn't really happen anymore and I was just wondering if you had sort of any tips or anything that you I don't know set up the night before or anything that you do that kind of helps you I think that for me like because I said as well that it was one of my challenges 
I've asked other people because I'm like, well, how do you do it? I don't know if yeah. I can go back to work. How how do you do in the morning? What do you do? <laughs> and so, probably unsurprisingly, a lot of people have said, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really stressed. That's what I do. And, and they don't give you any, any like, tangible <laughs> advice. Um, but one of my friends, she's amazing. And she, she does like yoga and mindfulness and all that kind of stuff. She's really into that as, as part of her just general life. Yeah, uh, but then she uses that in the mornings as well, and I was like, ah, oh. so okay. in what way? So she's like, oh, you know, I have like affirmations, so you can say to yourself, like, when you wake up, like, right, I'm not going to be stressed today. I'm going to be calm, and like, yeah, it's just like just having, you know, like making a conscious effort to decide to just try and and do that. So that's interesting. That's maybe an unusual um, one, but then she also gave some really practical ones as well. So she said that she. Um, she gets up first before the kids and gets herself ready so that, that everyone's not trying to do everything at the same time yeah it's really important I think that's really helpful um yeah, obviously like press that. the night before everyone says it everyone knows it does everyone do it not necessarily but <laughs> collapse so watching Netflix and <laughs> yeah like you always regret it when you don't prep the night before so it's I think like that's a given everybody knows it but yeah sometimes you just don't do it um, no. But she also said she sets alarms for different things, which I thought was really useful. So, like, not just oh. an alarm for waking up, but just to make sure you're sort of on track with everything. Oh, I like that. So, like, when you're allowed to finish breakfast, because I'll, like, when I, you know, like, I'm not at work at the minute, but I'll get up. Um, obviously, I take the, the, my, well, my eldest is at nursery, so I have to get her to nursery at some point. But yeah. I sort of get up, I have my breakfast, just drinking my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> just read twitter and things like that and then um we start getting ready but i'm like right hurry up but then i think i <laughs> yeah. could have spent a little bit less time drinking my cup of tea but then so that's really a, yeah i probably should set an alarm that says yeah like you need to go and start getting ready now even if there's something interesting that you're reading yeah i like that i like the little alarms i might i might try that and i always think i remember just making sure that i when I got to work, I didn't go in straight away. So I must have, people must have looked at me in the car park thinking, what is she doing? But I'd always sit outside school and just take, you know, even if it's just a few minutes before you go in, just to, like you said, even even if it's like those affirmations or some kind of mindfulness or even just, you know, finish your coffee before you go in. Because I think once you get into the building, your mind's in work then and you're, you've got so yeah, many absolutely. other things to do, at least if you, you're not actually in the building. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you're listening to something in your car, like this radio show or a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like music, um, calming music. I think as well, like, and I haven't said this because it goes without saying, but then I thought, actually, no, I better say this. If you're in a two-parent household, like, just make sure it's not just you that's doing it because sometimes the mental load is sort of automatically taken up by the woman. So my husband's really good like I'll give him some credit like he doesn't um, need like to be persuaded or told that he also because he's listening he's probably in the mornings he's probably better at you know like men they don't have as much things like makeup and stuff to do and (laughs) that so he's probably a bit would would be a bit better at like you know making sure that things are ready for the morning but but I, I think that's important to say because you know I think some people complain that they take on much of that thinking and organizing in the morning if there are if there's a woman in there yeah I like that share that share the load so a bit of a bit of mindfulness set some alarms and share the load I like that yeah 
that's a really good way so I, th- I think I'm going to end up being really calm going back into work <laughs> no one will recognize me <laughs> I, that sort of, sort of links in I know we've talked a little bit about it but um workload mm. I think it's the dreaded thing isn't it if teaching yeah. it's such a it's such a huge job not just the performance part and the part when you're in front of the children but all of the paperwork and the admin that goes along with it and the amount of work that you do end up doing outside of your teaching hours is there anything that you've heard of or anything you've used to help with that balance of you know workload and trying to ensure yeah. you're not doing too much I suppose and missing out on all those family things yeah I think there's a bit of a shift isn't there in the way that you work after you've had children because you can't always just before I had kids I would just say right I'll just stay late get everything done and then I'll leave it all at work but sometimes yeah. based on like pick you know pick up times and you just want to see your child you don't want to leave them in their, their childcare until six o'clock or whatever so yeah. you ch- you have to change the way that you work so you might have to say right I'm going to come home and then I'm going to do this work that I've got to do after the, the children have gone to bed which is quite tough because that means you're working really late yeah um, to get everything done so that wasn't my usual way of working but that sort of had to I had to bring that in sometimes but I think once you bring work home and I think you, you always bring something home at some point but when you start bringing it home then it's really difficult because it blurs the boundaries then between home and work and it's a bit more difficult to manage and not just do too much and and, and you know like go overboard um I think yeah. schools can definitely do more in terms of thinking about workload because it affects everyone not just parents um everybody's talking about it and i'm not going to say it's universally terrible because it depends on your school it depends on your career stage additional responsibilities like all that kind of stuff as well um i think that i think if you're you're a school leader and you're thinking about a new initiative or something that you want your staff to do you sort of have to think like how much work will this then create but also mm. how much work will it erase because that's another thing that sometimes doesn't get get thought about is you might think oh well you know for example it could be like a display board right we're going to change all the display boards because you want a particular color scheme or a particular theme or something that that's on there but don't worry because um we're going to get somebody to come in and, and do them you don't have to do the physical labor of putting them up but then what yeah. about the ones that are already there that you did put up that are about to be ripped down? So I think that can be really demotivating when you're thinking like, oh, all this hard work that I put in, like that was just wasted or that was just, you know, yeah. you know seems pointless now. Um, so I think it's really important to think about. So I think teachers aren't work shy. I, I'm very, it's very rare that you would meet like a teacher who you would, who fits in with what the newspapers say, you know, lazy yeah. or, or that kind of thing. Like teachers actually like doing work. <laughs> That's why yeah. the boundaries can be blurred. But I think there's certain things that teachers like doing more than other things. And I think you have to, you know, we'll work and work and work to benefit our students, to do something that's creative, to do something that's um, going to make things easier for our, our colleagues and things like that. But if the work feels like it could be done in a better way or a different way, then we don't want to do it. <laughs> then yeah. Maybe needs to have a rethink about how that can be done because that's the bit that's demotivating. Like sitting at home and doing loads of planning and things um, yeah. and all this creative stuff isn't going to make teachers really go, oh, I hate this. I wish I didn't have to do all this because they're just in it and they love it most of the time, I think. Yeah. Definitely. I, lo- I love that what you said about what work does it erase because you're right if it's 
demotivating for teachers then you know it's not going to have it's not going to have that impact we need to think about what you know how does it affect every stage I suppose when you're thinking of workload and also it's like about the impact it has on the children isn't it because like you said teachers most teachers go into the profession because they you know want to make a difference to children and they want them to progress so if you're you know if the workload has an impact on the children then I don't think teachers would have a problem with it but things that obviously don't seem like they're going to impact the children like changing the color scheme or that kind of thing Mm. aren't going to be as well received I suppose yeah and then it's thinking about what what's taken off the plate as well as what's yeah you know not just adding onto the plate all the time and sometimes that's something that you can sort of ask like if I'm doing this what am I not doing and you can ask that not just to yourself but you can ask the person that's asking you to rejig something or do something like if I'm doing this what am I not doing and sometimes like you know schools can be really good with you know like things like when it's mock exam season and there's a really heavy marking load for particularly English teachers it takes a really long time to moderate the you know you have to moderate them and you have to mark them it takes a really long time yeah and is there something that you know, is there some time that can be given, like during, I don't know, like something where you don't necessarily have to be part of to, to then? Do yeah. So, you know, like if you don't ask, you don't get. So it's, it's true. Like you know, like actually, my workload is at the moment really high. I'm really going to struggle to fit this in. Is there something that I cannot do so that I can do this if this is a higher priority? So, yeah, it's about speaking up as well. I think it's a bit scary. Definitely. But- yeah and also in your teams because I think teachers are good at sort of that camaraderie and coming together and I think just saying that you're struggling if there's you know workload is is an issue sharing the load is quite yeah can be done can't it it's worth just reaching out and I wanted to say because I can see your time is running away from us you haven't got much uh, much longer less but I wanted to talk a little bit about um career progression um and you know I suppose lots of lots of people are having their their positions TLRs or whatever before having children um but what about if you're looking to you know climb that ladder sort of Mm. during maternity ready to go back or you know after maternity have you got any kind of any feelings on that or any kind of tips yeah everybody's got a different view of of how the how they want to come back and I think sometimes there's an assumption maybe that oh because that person is a parent especially for women because they're a mother they might not want to 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 go up and I I actually have a friend who said that they've had people like just other male members of staff comment back to them and say oh maybe you know like are you sure that you know if she she was thinking about going for a promotion it was like oh are you sure you'll be able to cope like because you've got she had has three children like the fact that people can say that was, was sort of making her feel like is that then going to stop me from being able to get the job because yeah. is the person who's making the decision going to have that same view and mm. you know like it's up to the individual like what they can manage and what they can cope with and where their support network is at home and like they know whether or not they want to apply for a leadership position and, and I think we should trust the person that's applying and not have those views like oh well they might not be able to do it because they've got the mental load of, of everything at home because we don't know how much that's that's being split so yeah you know like everybody should have the the chance and the, the opportunity to do whatever it is they want to do without judgment you know because people even women do it to each other like oh you're going for a leadership position like when you've got 
children at home like we don't need more guilt thank you very much <laughs> so, yeah yeah like and again there's there's so much out there in terms of blogs and things like that where people are doing it or whether they're doing it flexibly or whether they're doing it unflexibly but they're, they're managing it and and I think yeah. it's good to do your research and see what that looks like and how that works um, but also there's other ways to progress so progression doesn't necessarily have to be from to, up to sort of middle leadership and leadership at the minute I feel like I'm progressing but I found a different way to progress so I'm progressing like yeah. with doing an MA and things and and looking at like building my skills um, and progression might look different for me when I when I go back it might not be that same type of progression yeah and do you think schools have a responsibility as well, sort of in the way that they recruit and, you know, how they put their adverts up and that kind of culture that they create? Yeah, I would love to see more adverts for um, leadership positions and, and middle leadership positions that do say, you know, that like sh this can be a shared position or it can be a flexible position. We're open to that because even if... You know, you can say like, well, you can go there and, and try and you know apply for the job and then negotiate that at the end. It would be really nice to sort of feel like that could be a possibility before you've spent time filling in that really long application form. Um, yeah. And, and putting your hopes into it like that, that they would consider it, because I think we've seen from so many people that are out there doing it, that it can be done and that mm. there might even be benefits to doing it like that. Like we've already discussed about the sick days and things like that. So. Yeah, it would be really just nice. the amount of people that you'd have coming with all the different skills because you're cussing out a huge chunk, aren't you, by saying it has to be full time or it has to be th these rigid hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like there's so many different things that people can bring um, and things that you've sort of picked up and learned as a parent. Like even at the minute, exactly. there's such a divide, isn't there, in the news between like parents and teachers. It's like them and us, but so many yeah. teachers are also parents and, and those are the people that are speaking to parents pastoral people or leaders and saying you know like I've got a, a child of this age or, or whatever like then we can just sort of remove that divide and remind everybody that that there isn't there shouldn't be a divide between like a them and us between parents and teachers exactly and I thought we're coming um to the end now but I just thought just to finish off can you think because we're on that topic of going for a career pro progression can you think of anything sort of as a parent that you've now developed that gives you like um more of a sort of a special power um to use in the classroom or as a teacher yeah like I'm teaching my little girl to read at the minute so having been a literacy coordinator at secondary it wasn't something that I was really looking at um like at, at the age at the sort of four-year-old age group so yeah know, even though like obviously I'm doing other other things outside of the, the parenting role but even within the parenting role like sitting there and figuring out okay how do we teach somebody to read from the beginning um, yeah. it's just you're just developing yourself without even realizing it so so absolutely there's there's so many things that you're doing um that that make you progress um but through parenting definitely uh Gemma thank you so much for joining me today it's been such a great chat um hopefully everybody will um join me again next next week um and um I'll see you all then so thanks Gemma thank you thank you you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time.
on Teachers Talk Radio.